Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly here with two quick announcements before you start the show. We have officially launched the Ringer NBA show's Twitter and Facebook feeds, so be sure to check out at Ringer NBA on Twitter for the latest news, analysis, and rumors from the Ringer crew you know and love. And check out Ringer NBA on Facebook to chat with like-minded fans and our Ringer NBA talent. Also, be sure to listen to our first narrative podcast called Halloween Unmasked. Our host, Amy Nicholson, deep dives on the famous Halloween movie franchise. There are new episodes being released Mondays and Thursdays for the whole month of October. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, on to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come one, come all to the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm here with my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. How you doing, DK? Uh, what's going on, man? I'm doing really well. Uh, another exciting week in the books. How are you doing? I'm great. I brought back the come one, come all for you because I know Thank you missed you. it last time. Just, it's so good. It's really good. Did it, yeah, did no, it make I, a difference? Did it bring a <laughs> twinkle to your eye? It absolutely did. So thank you for that. Let's keep it going. Oh, well, that makes me happy. We can start out with some initial advice. You know, I'll throw out some designated hitters. You can throw out some some dark nights. You know, people yeah. we can you can plug into your lineup with some confidence. Uh, who's your first dark night? Tight end Cameron Brait of the Buccaneers. They're playing at the Falcons this week, which we know is right now a terrible pass defense, terrible defense overall. I think number one, that's, you know, the matchup is nice. Number two, with OJ Howard, you know, his health status up in the air for a couple of weeks, you know, Brait's going to probably inherit a little bit bigger piece of the pie in Tampa Bay. And then number three, with Jameis Winston back in action, um, that those two guys have a... a a well-established rapport going back 2016 and 2017. Cameron Brait, this is actually kind of crazy. Brait is one of like the red zone superstars of the NFL. He had 13 red zone touchdowns in that time, which is actually behind only three players, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, and Jimmy Graham in that stretch. So, Wait, really? Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> insane. So he's he's just, uh, he's James Winston's, you know, security blanket in the red zone. And we already saw that last week. Or I should say the week before because they were on a bye last week, but he had three catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he had a touchdown in week three as well. You know, he's kind of he's a he's a touchdown dependent fantasy option, I think. But his history with you know just in the red zone is so strong that I think in this thin tight end uh, sort of like world right now that we live in, he he's a good option. So if Jameis is back, do you think that he's a one week thing with OJ Howard out, or do you think when Howard comes back, he's worth holding on to? I mean, he's at least worth holding on to for now. When OJ gets back, you know, it might be worth kind of like stashing him on your bench and seeing how it all shakes out. But I mean, again, look at the numbers from 2016, 2017. In 2017, OJ Howard was there too. I mean, granted, he was a rookie, but I mean, Bray has just kind of the staying power in the red zone and and Winston really trusts him there. So he could be an option down the stretch. Okay. Uh, uh, who's your guy? My first one, I'm doing a repeat. I don't know if we're allowed to do that. I'm just, I don't care. Breaking the rules. I, I'll allow it. Screw I'll you, Jim. Uh, I'm I'm rerunning Muhammad Sanu. I, I talked about him last week, but he they're going against yeah, this is Jim's favorite. I term. love it. Uh, they play the Steelers last week. I, it's the same principles as, against the Bucks this week. The Bucks also have a terrible pass defense. The yep. Falcons offense is obviously humming. Calvin Ridley's gotten a lot of the credit with these touchdowns, but it's just a thing about the overall offense is humming. Julio's still getting it, get attention. Ridley's still taking away attention because he's proven that he can't just be left with lesser corner one on one. And then, Ridley, but Ridley is still the number two dog in the offense. And 
the Bucs have three rookies in their secondary. I think Sanu's going to shred them, and I think he's another really good bet for a touchdown this week. So back in on Sanu. All right. I mean, he scored a touchdown last week. You called it, so I'm with you on that one. Oh, well, thanks, man. That's a Kunahura, as my grandmother would say. Bad luck. Uh, but who's, who's your <laughs> next dude? Alfred Morris, 49ers, are back to him, uh, going against the Packers this week. Uh, with Matt Breida, you know, he got a high ankle sprain, I think. The indication is he could be out a week or two. We're not really clear yet, so you kind of have to pay attention to the injury report. But I think if Brita can't go, Morris is set to inherit some of the volume. The offense in San Francisco has actually been better than I think anyone expected with Bethard under center, obviously losing Garoppolo's big deal. But Bethard, you know, has been able to at least move the football. They ran they ran a ton of plays last week. Um, and so I think Morris becomes another fantasy relevant option. I mean, he's like a flex type of guy, but just the volume based thing, you know, he could get their red zone carries, that kind of thing is right now the Packers have given up the 22nd most fantasy points to running backs. I just think, you know, that backfield has been kind of up and down. Breed certainly came out on top for a while there, but the injury kind of shakes things up. And I think Morris could be an option. No, I agree. I mean, he's, I think he's definitely going to get a, uh, a ton of work this week. You know how Mays and Kevin are, Working or workshopping their take shop on um, tall quarterbacks and not being any good. My my <laughs> yeah, workshop yeah. take shop is that CJ Beth is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, which I say, which bold. I say because my 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 guy actually staying in the same backfield. This yeah. is probably the only time I'll ever recommend a fullback ever. Uh, 49ers <laughs> fullback whose name I will never be able to say. Kyle Juszczyk, 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 Juszczyk. Anyway, Kyle, because he's a dear friend of mine. <laughs> Kyle, I was going to call You're him Kyle. First name basis. Um, basically, he's a fullback who is on the field because, and he's like the highest paid fullback in the league ever because they don't use him at all like a fullback. He gets a ton of carries. He get well, he gets a ton of touches and targets. Uh, he played sixty eight of ninety offensive snaps last week. I love it, uh, which is far more than Brader or Morris. Um, he got career highs or almost career highs in targets and catches and receiving yards. I will never say with confidence play a fullback. He's owned in like less than 1% of ESPN Yahoo leagues, but I think he could do really well this week. Uh, <laughs> they're designing a bunch of plays for him, and I think that without Breda, I think that he's going to get, I think he's going to get actually a lot of design screens, and I think you actually, this is the, you can play a bit of flex and like not freak out about it. The 49ers offense right now, their pass offense, is running through essentially use check and Kittle. It's the weirdest thing. A big like a big tackle breaking tight end and a huge fullback. It's the most it, <laughs> it's not what you expect at all. They're playing weird formations. They're playing like like 22. They're playing a lot of two tight ends, two people um running backs in the backfield stuff and he's getting yeah. I mean wheel routes but also like design screens, checkdowns. He's an a traditional pass catching back is really yeah, what he is. Absolutely. My third guy, I'm actually stealing your sort of track here and going with a repeat again, Kiki Kuti of the Texans going up against the Bills this week. Um, I think we kind of saw on Sunday night that uh, this guy's got a solid, you know, role in this offense. He's not just like a one hit wonder. Obviously week four, he first game in the NFL, he had 15 targets, 11 catches under nine yards last week or on Sunday. I should say he had six catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown came on kind of like a jet sweep option type thing. Um, they use him all over the. They use him all over the field. He's played tons of snaps. He's actually played in his first two weeks ninety four percent of the team's offensive snaps. He's got a twenty five percent market share in terms of their targets, twenty two targets in, in those two games, and he's basically the number three option behind Hopkins and Fuller. 
Um, you know, obviously num- being number three in, in your offense probably limits him to being like a fle- flex type option. But this week against the Bills, um, you have to think maybe Tredavious White will follow Hopkins around. That could, you know, affect what Hopkins is able to do. Hopkins is pretty much, you know, matchup proof. At the, but at the same time, I think they could, you know, potentially look underneath to Kuti a little bit more. I just think he's got a big place in this offense, and I think he's, you know, going to continue to. No, I like that. I mean, the Texans as a whole, actually, their offense weirdly looked good, which is weird to say after they couldn't score in the red zone. But if they had been able to convert, I mean, there's a lot of like scoring chances. It's like, it's a weird thing to think about. He could actually end up getting more red zone looks because, I mean, they. The red zone plan seemed to be run uh, Deshaun Watson head first into linebackers this last what week. What the I, fuck was that? Your quarterback just got off a torn ACL. <laughs> it happened like, like what four are you doing? Times. It's like uh, that scene in Longest Yard where they just wanted to like hurt <laughs> Adam Sandler and they weren't blocking. It was crazy. So yeah, just yeah. run for Anyway, my last one, I'm breaking the rules here just totally. Uh, f- forget like waiver ads. I think people should trade for Aaron Jones. All right. uh, the Packers are running back. Uh, I think this is a fantastic buy low opportunity. So we came into the season. Ty Montgomery was, uh, you know, this receiver converted running back that was still in the depth chart. And then it was really going to be a timeshare between Jamal Williams, who's this better pass blocking back, not as great of a runner. And Aaron Jones, who's better runner, not as good of a pass blocker, got suspended the first few weeks. Aaron Jones has come back and promptly not risen above a committee. He's, he got the fewest snaps last week and he's just not getting a lot of touches. Mike McCarthy doubled down on that earlier today on Monday right. saying, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I think that he said, quote, uh, there's more to play in the position than just running the football, end quote from Ryan Wood <laughs> of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Uh, Robert Mays in his column today called that like going to a Michelin restaurant because you like the mints in the bathroom. <laughs> Basically, here's the thing. I think there's all this uncertainty about who's going to get the carries and stuff. I'm betting on the talent. I am going to take the frustrated Aaron Jones owner who held him through all this and now is just freaking out that he's never going to be the person they thought he was and that maybe they wasted all this time having him on their bench. I'm going to get him. And here's why. He's actually okay in pass blocking. I think he's okay. But more importantly, Rodgers is healthy enough that I'm no longer concerned that that's a huge priority for them. Here's my thinking. This week, they're against the 49ers. Week seven, they're on bye. I think they're coming out in week eight. Uh, I believe that's against the Rams. I think that after week eight, they're going to transition the full-time role to Jones during the bye week. And I think that's what they're going to use their time to. Um, McCarthy hot seat times the Packers just not being offensively where they should be. I think Jones right. is going to actually win that role in the next two weeks. And I think now with all this McCarthy tripling down on it publicly, I think it's actually a really good time to swoop in. So there you go. I love this. This is like, you know, you're just seeing the future. You're, you're willing it into existence. I'm into it. let's hope so speak it into existence all right before we move on let's take a quick break today's show is brought to you by FanDuel football season is already underway and DK already has major regrets about his season long fantasy teams harsh I'm sure many fantasy players feel the same way you spend all off season researching and get excited for the draft and then comes the pain of the season when everything is dark and full of darkness That's why we're so excited to be playing on FanDuel all season. Over at FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. Plus, FanDuel has never been more fun or easy to play. You can play in the Gridiron Pick'em Contest every week. It's a free contest where all you need to do is pick winners, no spreads. Then $10,000 is split amongst the top pickers. Trust me, if you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly a place to play. 
Plus, new users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. So come play with us at fanduel.com slash the ringer. That's fanduel.com slash the ringer. Today's show is also brought to you by G Suite. G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence their new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know when you have like 20 identical versions of a document labeled Final and no clue which is the latest? So you make another version and name that one Final Final. Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides lets you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version after version after version of a project. Fun fact, this has changed my entire professional life and how I do literally everything. Um, And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com, G-S-U-I-T-E.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. Now, back to the show. Could do a little waiver wire lightning round. We don't know your leagues quite like the people listening do, but whether it's adding to a watch list or keeping your eye on somebody or adding them to your end of your bench or maybe even plugging them in, uh, these are guys that probably going to be popular waiver ads this week or just guys we like and how we feel about them and are out. Yeah, let's get right into it. The first guy that I got on my list is Robbie Anderson of the Jets. Obviously broke out kind of last week. You know, he was a really, really good receiver. The Jets' top receiver in terms of yards and touchdowns last year. Um, kind of been a non-factor in the first month of the season. Just kind of didn't get on the same page with Sam Darnold. Um, you know, actually I looked it up. Per pro football focus, Darnold had thrown... Uh, 17 passes of 20-plus yards downfield this season in the first four weeks and only c- completed three of them, which was and really? in that rating. That gave him a 43 rating, which is 31st out of 40, uh, 34 qualifying passers. So, I mean, his deep passing was just basically missing from his repertoire. Um, we saw that come alive, though, last week. He hit, Darnell, or he hit R- Robbie Anderson on a 76-yard touchdown. I think the other one was like a 35-yard touchdown. The second one was way more impressive, actually. It was just like floated this touch pass right down into the corner of the end zone right into Anderson's hands and it was just like perfect and so I think Anderson at this point could be worth just an ad to see if that is um, if there's any way that they can kind of keep that consistent because I mean the guy was one of their top receivers last year he was a I know he like you know made me really competitive in a couple of my leagues because I picked him up halfway through the year and he really kind of tore it up in the second half of the season. So if Darnold can continue to have chemistry with him and and push the ball downfield, I think he's got, you know, that second half breakout type potential. Yeah, I, I don't love Rob Anderson, but I'm a Giants fan and very bitter about Sam Darnold. So probably not the best person to ask. <laughs> that's, that's um, speak, speaking of the Giants, next guy, Wayne Gallman. Uh, Giants are playing the Eagles this week. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked like he got like nicked up on his touchdown run. Mm-hmm. He's probably fine. Reports indicate he's okay. I don't know if they would necessarily be the most forthcoming about this if it was the Did other Did your way heart stop when that happened, by the way? I literally don't even want to talk about what <laughs> I don't. I I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, I want an Apple Watch exclusively for like when I watch Giants games. I just want to see what happens <laughs> to me, my body. Anyway, yeah. it just isn't rocket science. Goldman is not Saquon, but there's so much value he eats up that he would be valuable. Jonathan Stewart's on IR, so um, Goldman would just, out of the amount of touches he would get, be valuable. Saquon was ever out or even limited. So, especially yeah. with Thursday game, in case Saquon were to miss it for some reason, it'd be interesting. Or games going forward. Uh, two guys from the Seahawks I want to talk about real quick. Mike Davis, he could be worth an ad at this point. I mean, the Seahawks are running the ball 
a ton. I think they ran it 32 times this week, over 32, over 30 times last two weeks before that. Um, they're clearly dedicated at this point to running the ball. And more importantly, it's been working for the most part. Davis had 12 rushes, 68 yards and a touchdown. He got a little bit nicked up, so keep that kind of in your mind and check the check the injury report a little bit this week. But he's been functioning sort of as um like one B, you know, to to Chris Carson. Chris Carson's obviously the starter, but he's been he's been in there a lot. And so he's worth a potential add. Um the other guy that you're probably gonna see on a lot of uh fantasy football, you know, ad lists this week is David Moore potentially. You know, he had two touchdowns, three catches, thirty eight yards, and two touchdowns. He's basically moved ahead of Brandon Marshall on the Seahawks depth chart. Um I'm probably holding off on him. I do think he's a really good player though. You know, he's he really flashed in the preseason. Um, highly athletic, really good body control. He had a couple of really impressive plays in the preseason. I think the CX kind of slowly decided to bring him up, and, and I think he's a playmaker. So he's a guy to kind of watch. I put him on a watch list more than Adam necessarily, but um, if the Seahawks offense keeps clicking in terms of the passing game, it was, that that was by far their best passing performance of the season against the Rams on Sunday. And so, um, you know, if the Seahawks continue to trend up and Russell Wilson has a bounce back, he could be an option. No, I agree there. My next guy, Alfred Blue. Uh, he's Texans back, so we saw him on Sunday Night Football. Lamar Miller had a chest injury, I believe, and mm-hmm. he really was limited. So Blue got a lot of work. Actually, was like pretty good. He's kind of been like the ultimate like useless backup in the past, at least in my mind. <laughs> right. uh, but he was actually pretty good. He proved he was worth it. The people stashed him. Miller is coming back soon, and he's supposed to be fully healthy. I actually think Blue is still worth picking up because in a given week, he's actually clearly serviceable, and I hope to God that some of those goal line touches Deshaun Watson got are going to go to running backs. Seriously. And I'm not so worried about Deontay Foreman who's coming back. He was that Texas running back who's now in Houston. He had the Achilles injury. Probably the best talented, but Achilles injuries are tough. Uh, I'd hold on to Blue and keep an eye on Foreman, but I, I kind of think Miller might lose the job actually over the course of the season. So I like Alfred Blue. They've been riding Miller a lot this season. He's basically been their bell cow, and I think it might make sense for them to kind of vary it up. Obviously, Miller has not been as effective as people wanted him to be. So, you mean he um, sucks? I'd, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where Sorry, it's it, it's at least worth an ad. Wow, you feel very passionately about this. I see. I, I that was mean to Lamar, but like I said, <laughs> right, let's before, go. Truth hurts. Let's go to Christian Kirk of the Cardinals. Uh, again, we talked about him last week. If you haven't added him yet. He's he's definitely worth an add at this one. I, I kind of I had to do him in a few leagues last year to just kind of try and get out ahead of it. And lo and behold, he had three catches, eighty five yards, and a touchdown. Now that line is a little bit misleading because for the most part, the Cardinals' offense did not play all that great against the Forty Nine ers. But I do think Rosen makes them a lot better than what Bradford was doing. And so I think there's a lot of upside in that Cardinals' offense. Not necessarily. Um, you know, they're not going to be necessarily like a high scoring, high flying team, but it, it makes Kirk much more of a, val- a, a viable fantasy option. And so, um, he's actually out targeted Fitzgerald 17 to 12 over the last three weeks. He's sort of turning into Rosen's go to guy. Um, he's a low, he's like a, a, a high floor, or I guess he'd be a low floor, low ceiling type of guy because, you know, obviously he could hit a touchdown in any given in game, but I don't think he's necessarily going to get it like a shitload of volume or anything like that. But he's he's on my bench in a couple of leagues. I think he could be for you. So low floor, low ceiling. I don't know if I want to live there. Speaking of which guys, I mean, these are also low floor, low ceiling guys, but DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel on the Panthers. These are guys who are really talented, don't have the volume yet. I mean, DJ Moore was their first round pick this year. Curtis Samuel was like 40th overall for them last year. They really got going against the Giants actually they didn't get too many touches but they really did a lot with them they um Samuel had like 
two catches, 37 yards, and just 12 snaps. It was his first game of the season after minor heart surgery, which is apparently not an oxymoron. Jeez. Apparently, it's fine, despite how that sounds. Uh, but they're really great. Obviously, I want to see their snaps go out, so I, these aren't guys I'd add yet. But if their snaps go up, I would not be surprised if by the end of the season, they actually are alongside Christian McCaffrey can actually make their offense go. So it's more of just getting their, their names out. But what yeah, about your Panthers, next guy? They, the Panthers have so much athleticism. My God. Moore and Samuel are so athletic. So um, speaking of that, I'm going to Jalen Richard, the Raiders. He's been a boomer bust kind of guy. But for the most part, I mean, in, in PPR leagues, he has caught at least six passes in three to five games this year. Kind of game script dependent. So I think if if you imagine that the Raiders will be down and trying to play catch up, I think he's a potential add. He's he's like a more of a desperation flex type player, but in a PBR league, you know, just the fact that he's involved in that passing game, I think he it makes him an option. Last week he had six catches, fifty three yards, played twenty seven snaps out of fifty three. Um, you know, he, he's he's just one of those guys that uh, that Carr is kind of leaned on in those in those games where they're trying to come back. Carr throws them a lot. <laughs> Yeah, the Raiders' offense is an enigma, but their defense sucks. So I, I think that he'll be on the. He's just going to be on the field a lot. Before we move on, DK, let's take one more quick break. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done: ZipRecruiter.com/slash/RingerNFL. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now, back to the show. All right, DK, let's get into how the Patriots fit into this passing boom that's happening around the league and what it means for their players from a fantasy perspective. So 11 quarterbacks have a passer rating over 100 right now. 13 quarterbacks are on pace for more than, or are throwing more than 300 yards per game. Nobody broke 290 last season. (laughs) That's insane. Tom Brady led the league in passing 286 per game last year. And now 16 quarterbacks are ahead of him on that pace. But... Tom Brady is not one of them. The yeah. Patriots are being left out of this for the first time in recent memory, a, not at the crest of a wave of a new trend in football. And Brady is all the way down in the 20s at a you know mere 251 per game. So, I mean, what the fuck? But, <laughs> right? But now, you know, week five, it's like they got Josh Gordon. Now Edelman's back. They finally figured out the running back situation with James White and Sonny yeah. Michelle. So my question for you is, is are they going to be left behind in this wave, or is this new offense? Are they going to be able to change in this first month? Will be a blip. So, what is going on? What did you see on this Thursday night yeah. game between the Colts and the Patriots? What do you think is going on in New England? Well, I mean, I think number one, 
this is not the same Patriots offense that we've seen in prior seasons where they're just t- talented and stacked at every single position. It felt like over the first month of the season, they were more just trying to keep their head above water. Um, I heard, I remember one quote from Bill Belichick. He said something like, it takes him about half the season to really know what he's got in his team and whether they're kind of like a, a competitor or not. Um, I think it, it, they were feeling things out, kind of testing the waters, trying to figure out like what worked and what didn't. Obviously, they had to kind of make do while Edelman was suspended. I think the last couple of games versus the Dolphins last week against the Colts, I mean, it was just a lot more, um, I guess, you know, it was just positive progression, at least in terms of what we saw. Um, the biggest difference to me versus, you know, from what they what we saw the first couple of weeks to the last two weeks against, you know, these last two teams where they've really been pretty dominant on offense is spreading the field. I think Josh Daniels made it a real goal and emphasis to, you know, stretch the field both horizontally and vertically. And I remember, I can't remember where I saw this, but it really kind of hit home with me. And teams should treat balance. Everyone thinks of balance as like run-pass balance, but I think teams should have more of an effort to to create balance geometrically on the NFL field. So in other words, like run up the middle, run off the tackle, uh, get guys into the slot, tunnel screens, things like that. Go deep on the outside. Go, you know, swing passes to the outside. Attack the entire field. And I think if you just look at Tom Brady's scatter charts over at NFL Next Gen Stats, the last two games, there's been a much better distribution. It looks a lot more like what it looked like last year in terms of where Tom Brady's going with the football. You know, he's spreading it out. And you, you kind of see in that offense, everybody's got a little bit of a role now. Obviously, Edelman's kind of, uh, he's returned to the slot. I think he played like 65% of his routes in the slot this week. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I totally get you on the the geometric thing. And I love that because I was struck by that watching the Thursday night game, especially watching the NFL replay and game pass where they the, the, James White would, you know, hit something up the middle, but then they're going outside toward Edelman or Gronk. And that mm-hmm. was definitely the missing element, I think, of their passing game was the first month was they didn't have to respect Dorsett, never mind Cordero Patterson, on the outside. And now that they have Gordon people, it's much better. So my question for you is, now that Gordon's there and Edelman, how has those snap counts changed on Thursday? How did that change from the first month versus what happened on Thursday? Well, they're still easing Gordon in. I mean, he only played 18 snaps last week. You know, it's only... Uh, a fraction they played 63 offensive snaps or, or however many they were uh, Hogan led the Hogan and Gronk played 63 snaps that was a team high uh, Gordon only played 18 so he's still really working his way in um, you know they got Edelman in there for 48 snaps I think he's gonna probably continue to to climb in that I'm sure they were sort of easing him in the distribution between White and Michelle White had 43 snaps Sonny Michelle had 27 so I mean they're they're definitely spreading it out they're spreading the love you know even Devlin had 15 snaps so and then Patterson eight and like I said I mean everybody's kind of got their role and and they're and that's the way that they're attacking the defense you know with a balanced manner geometrically rather than just like run pass balance they're they're really balancing where they attack the defense that changes how they cover Gronk too because we saw Matt Patricia just bracket Gronk with two defenders and say I don't think your receivers can beat me one-on-one they couldn't and now that's changed. So do you see that changing how Gronk is able to patrol the middle of the field now? Even though he's I think it will. Hobbled? I think it will because, I mean, obviously Gronk is going to be a, a player that teams focus on regardless. Like even having Gordon in there, that's not necessarily going to completely change that. But I think having Gordon, Edelman, 
the way that they've managed to get Patterson involved, the way that they've managed to get White involved, I think all that put together has kind of opened things up for Gronk. I saw this per Jeff Howe at The Athletic. Gronkowski, over the first three weeks, he ran 92 routes, and he was double teamed on 65 of those. And I'm guessing... <laughs> I'm guessing I haven't I haven't obviously done the the tracking, but I'm guessing that's slightly lower at this point because they're just like I said, there's just more things to worry about in this oh offense. They've done a really good job of, um, you know, just using like pick plays on the outside. We saw Edelman drop a big pick play on the outside that was perfect for them. Um, yeah, the, we yeah. saw. Remember, Corderell Patterson I think had a big game, even at, maybe had a touchdown on one of those two on the on the sideline and against Miami. And so tell me, tell me if I'm wrong right here. You're the Dark Knight. I hope you've seen the Dark Knight. Yeah. You know that scene when the Joker is like, we're going to get some aggressive expansion and then breaks a pool <laughs> cue and is like, we're going to hiring, but we only have one spot and he throws this broken pool cue in between three dudes and only one, you know, they have to kill each other and there's only one job. So tell me if I'm wrong. That is Julian Edelman, Dorsett, and Chris Hogan. Or at least for their fantasy values, not um, each other. And then yeah, Edelman's yeah, going to win and world. then Dorsett and Hogan's fantasy values Will be eaten up, or is, or am I wrong? I I don't know. To be honest, it, it it seems like Hogan is the the odd man out. He I think he had like four targets or something like that last week. Um, Dorsett has had a little bit of chemistry with with uh, with Tom Brady, and so I think that's sort of promising for his continued role on the outside. And so, I mean, I dropped Hogan in one league. I'm getting pretty close to doing the same thing in the ringer league. We got him in the ringer league and I'm just like, we haven't started him in weeks because he's just, you know, it's hard to rely on at this point. So Hogan's one of those players that could have a one-off two touchdown game like he did early in the season. But at the same time, he's just not getting the volume that you really need. And I think that's probably not going to change a whole lot. Yeah. I, I think the snap count, I was surprised at how much he actually was able to stay. Uh, but the eye test says that Brady actually seems to be weirdly on a better page with Dorsett than uh, I think Patterson's done. Um, but I think Dorsett actually will be able to stay as like a weird end of bench option. And Edelman did you, is going to be really good. What did you think of the split between Sony Michelle and, and James White? Because I know you're a huge James White guy. The, so I love James White. And I, watching that game, I honestly had one thought in the first half, which was, holy crap, they threw to James White on half of these plays. It was yeah. absolutely stunning. Um, I, I, I He destroyed the first half. If you watch the game, I think they said his name on, it felt like every play. And that was really all I could think of was how these two guys, I think are, we think of Ingram and Kamara last year. I don't think they're quite that, but I think they were both such bona fide plays every single week. Um, my favorite play of the game actually was Sony Michelle lined up to his Brady's right in the pistol. And then white was to his left. They both, Went, they both ran um, just options to the flat, to the flat, faked mm-hmm. it to White, and then gave it to Michelle, and he got like twelve yards on a first down, on a first yeah. and ten. And Dude, I was, I love like, the, I love the dual direction screens. Those are my like one of my favorite plays. I think they're both going to be really freaking good. I think James White. I wouldn't trade him high if if you're thinking about it. I actually think he will be this good going forward. I don't know if every game script will quite call for so many passes, but I actually think he could just lead them in targets every single game. Um, yeah. And Michelle's just going to be an amazing back. So I'm not worried. I heard reports that they're signing Mike Gillisley, maybe, but I mean, they don't have any other running backs. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, I think they're both incredible. I think that that comp in terms of the Ingram, Kamara, I mean, obviously, totally different players, but I think that's actually pretty interesting in terms of just the way that they kind of use him because Michelle is like the grinder. He's, he's going to be the guy who 
does the majority of his runs like you know between the tackles and he's the I guess probably more often a goal line type back but um yeah White has that he's that versatile guy who can run the route like he ran a touch his touchdown was just a nice little follow angle route over the middle of the field and that was just like easy and to be clear, I don't mean to compare Kamara to James White no, in terms I know, of scale, I know. But, but he's a receiver <laughs> playing running back in just disguise. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, so to bottom put, line. Put a bo- yeah. Bottom I was line. Gonna say, do you do you see Brady improving this year? Do you think it's gonna be a part of that sort of group of guys? Yeah, I think we're gonna feel really dumb um to judge him based on September <laughs> with the it, it, Lombardi's talked in the past about it's like Apollo eleven and they dump all the things on the Patriots, dump all the these things that were like, okay, we have to like build something out of like all these pieces. <laughs> right. And the Pats had this disgusting box of like trash and we're going to feel dumb for judging him. I think Brady's going to hop into these, uh, rejoin this upper echelon of passers really quickly. I think that they are the best at looking at what works and what doesn't. They're looking around the league. They're not afraid to steal trends or anything. Their offense is going to be back to elite top tier one status just behind the Rams and Chiefs very shortly. And I wouldn't sell on any of these Patriots low. I think that Brady's if you if someone's like trying to celebrate in your league, I'd go get him. Uh, I think he'll be back very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think I don't know. It's going to be hard to catch some of these other teams, but at the same time, uh, I have a, I have pretty much full confidence in the Patriots kind of figuring it out and, and Brady starting to kind of hit his stride. I obviously it's again, it's not as talented of a team as it as it was in prior years, but I just think. You know, like you said, they've figured out kind of how to use these guys. They figured out a better balance on how to how to spread the ball around. And um, the last couple of games have been really, really encouraging. So I, I'm definitely bullish on on Brady and the Patriots' offense in general. Like I think there's just going to be a lot of volume to be had there in fantasy too. I agree, and I'm I'm not worried about Edelman. I think the touchdowns to Gordon and Cordell Patterson are actually going to be spread around to him and Michelle and White and Gronk, and it, they're just they're just going to be dropping forty points again. So they'll get to the party. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's all the time we got today, DK. Unless you yep. got anything to add? Oh man, buy low on Gronk. I guess I don't know. That goes against obviously Simmons is kind of like wondering if Gronk is just washed up at this point. But washed up by greatest tight end of all time standards. To be clear, <laughs> right? Um, exactly. All right, DK. It's all the time we got. But thanks, man. I'll see you on Friday. All right, sounds good. Today's show was brought to you by FanDuel. We're so excited to be playing on FanDuel this football season. Over at FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. Plus, they have tons of ways to play, like the Gridiron Pick'em Contest, where you pick just winners, no spreads. Then $10,000 split among the top pickers. Trust me, if you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. And new users get a $5 bonus when they make their first deposit. So come play with us at fanduel.com slash the ringer. That is fanduel.com slash the ringer. 